0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. So if you have your your Bibles, if you would like to um, turn to Mark chapter 8, you know, an overview of Mark chapter 8 is uh, uh, Jesus feeding the 4,000. Uh, he talks about the yeast of the Pharisees and, the, uh, and Herod, um, which he named in, as later as hypocrisy. Um, there was a healing that took kind of two stages. There was Peter's confession of Jesus as the Christ and then Jesus' first prediction of his death and resurrection. And at the end of that, unfortunately, Jesus ends up having to rebuke Peter because Peter didn't like what he heard about what Jesus said was going to happen to him, that he was going to suffer and die. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. And I wanted us to start there. You are not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. We're going to take up the reading then. Mark chapter 8, and we're going to start at verse 34. I'm reading from the New English Translation. Then Jesus called the crowd along with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me and because of the gospel will save it. For what benefit is it for a person to gain the whole world? yet forfeit his life? What can a person give in exchange for his life? For if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, I tell you the truth, there are some standing here who will not experience death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. We're going into... Chapter, chapter 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John and led them alone up a high mountain privately. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiantly white more so than any launderer in the world could bleach them. Then Elijah appeared before them along with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. So Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For they were afraid, and he didn't know what to say. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my one dear son. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore except Jesus. You know, these scriptures are going to set the scene for what God wants to say to us today. So let's have a little look through them. You know, first, you're not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. And what follows, what we've just read, helps us to understand what God's interests are. You know, Jesus says what they are. He says that God's interests are kingdom priorities. Denying ourselves, taking up our cross, following Jesus, losing our life, not being ashamed of Jesus and his words when there is pressure to do otherwise. And then Jesus is transfigured before Peter, James and John. And there's shown something of Jesus' heavenly glory that would be impossible to replicate by earthly means, even by a great laundress. And then Moses and Elijah appear talking with Jesus. Why Moses and Elijah? You know, commentators and scholars have discussed this, but there are a number of possibilities. The most likely explanation is that Moses represents the prophetic office and Elijah pictures the presence of the last days, the prophet of the eschaton, the end times. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 22, it says, Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your your brothers. You must obey him in everything he tells you. This is actually a quote from Deuteronomy. And in Malachi it says, Look, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. He will encourage fathers and their children to return to me so that I will not come and strike the earth with judgment. So Peter, James and John are there with Jesus, Moses and Elijah. They're afraid. They don't know what to say. I understand that. I mean, I'm putting myself in their place. I wouldn't really know what to say. But Peter has an idea. He has an idea. Rabbi, he says, teacher. Peter addresses him. You know, wow, like here's Jesus with Moses and Elijah. So Jesus must be a great rabbi. He must be a great teacher. What what can I do to honour him? Make three shelters. Make a shelter for each one of them, or a booth, or a, a, a dwelling. And this is re- referring to the temporary booths that were made at the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, you know, Peter wanted to celebrate the, this Feast of Tabernacles or booths, and which looks forward to the end, that we're only passing through. We're, we're living in tents because this is not our final home. And... He wanted to treat Moses and Elijah and Jesus as equals by making three shelters, one for each of them. You know, it was actually Peter's way of really wanting to honour Jesus, of putting Jesus in the same category as Moses and Elijah. But we see very clearly that that's not enough honour because Jesus is not the same as Moses and Elijah. So a cloud overshadows them and a voice comes from the cloud. And, you know, this is not the first time in history that this has happened. The disciples knew that God in the past had manifest his presence in a cloud when he led the people of Israel in the desert after he'd freed them from Egypt. Exodus 13 and verse 21 says, Now the Lord was going before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them in the way. So they knew that God could manifest his presence in a cloud. At Mount Sinai, when the Ten Commandments were given, God spoke to Moses out of the dense cloud in the hearing of all the people so that the people would always believe Moses. Exodus 19 and verse 9 says, The Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people may hear when I speak with you and so that they will always believe in you. So a voice comes from the cloud. What does God say? This is my one dear son, my beloved son, some might say, or my my son, the beloved one. You know, the Greek word that is used there is agapetos. And that word is often used in the sense of pertaining to one who is the only one of his or her class, but at the same time is particularly loved and cherished. You know, this isn't the first time that God used this term of his son. In Mark chapter 1 and verses 9 to 11, it said, Now in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan River. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my one dear son. My agapetos, in you I take great delight. So, having a clearly identified who Jesus is, he gives a command: Listen to him. Listen to him. You know the the expression "listen to him" comes directly from Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen, where it says, "The Lord your God." Will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites, you must listen to him. So, this tells us that Jesus is a a prophet leader like Moses, because this was Moses speaking in Deuteronomy, and there's still a lot to learn. You know, I believe God wants us to make space to take an honest inventory of our lives today regarding listening to Jesus. I'm going to encourage us to let the Word do its work in our lives today. For the Word is alive and powerful. It's able to discern the very thoughts and intents of our heart. Because hearts is where God works. We see Jesus has done that a number of times through the Gospel of Mark. Where it says, but God knowing their intention. Jesus knowing their intentions. He knows. There's nothing hopefully that we would want to hide from him because he loves us more than anybody else, knowing who we are, knowing what still needs to be sorted out. Let God work in our hearts today. So listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. You know, Jesus' words are to have the preeminence in our lives. Jesus isn't equal to anyone else. His words aren't equal To anyone else's, not to Moses, which who symbolizes the law, not to Elijah, who symbolizes the prophets. In fact, they all pointed to Jesus. You know, Jesus is the beloved one of a kind, Son of God. There's no one else like him. And Jesus alone remained in our account before the disciples. We need to listen to his voice among the clamour of many other voices. You know, for the past six and a half years, I've suffered from moderately severe tinnitus, um, which is like noises and sounds in my head and and in my ears. And it sounds like a combination for me of white noise and cicadas um, at various volumes, and it's been constant for the past six and a half years. And when it first happened, I struggled hugely Um, I thought I was going mad. Like it was so, so difficult um, to deal with. And so I asked God, how do I live with this? I I asked over a number of weeks for God to take it away and he didn't. I said, Lord, until you do, how do I live with this? He said to me, listen through the noise. Listen through the noise. And based on his word to me, I learned to listen through the noise that's going on kind of in my ears and in my head. And the condition became more manageable. You know, we need to do the same in a noisy world that can distract us from what Jesus is saying to us. We need to listen through the noise. You know, we've already seen from both Old Testament and New Testament scriptures today, the message has always been, Listen to Jesus. To listen is different to um, hearing. You know, the biblical understanding of listening is to listen, receive, and obey. So we use the word listen and we think it's just without ears and, and, and that's where it stops. It doesn't with God. It's to listen, to receive it, and to obey. So any time you see listen in the scriptures that is what God is talking about. So do we approach Jesus just like any other speaker? Do we listen with good soil heart, ready and open to receive the seed of the word and to let it grow through our obedience to the word and to the scriptures? Or are we more like the Pharisees and the experts in the law that we've read about in Mark's gospel? Who are sitting in judgment on Jesus and His words? Do we only accept them when it suits us? Jesus led into this by making it very clear that there are consequences for being ashamed of Him and His words. I just want us to stop, just sit with Holy Spirit, and let Him search our hearts regarding. Our attitude towards listening to Jesus. Do we have that attitude? Lord, I will listen. I will receive. I will obey. We're just going to sit quietly with the Lord for a little bit before we move on. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, Jesus was teaching the disciples and the crowds in parables. There was the parable of the sower. There was the parable of the lamp, of the growing seed, the mustard seed. Among those parables, Jesus had this to say in verses 23 to 25. And This is Jesus speaking. If anyone has ears to hear he had better listen. And he said to them, take care about what you hear. The measure you use will be the measure you receive and more will be added to you. For whoever has will be given more. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. If you're taking notes, our second point, our first was listen to Jesus. Our second is steward carefully. What you hear from Jesus. Having ears to hear is not enough. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, he had better listen. He'd better listen, receive and obey. We, We have to position our hearts that when we listen to Jesus... We're already ready to do it. Our stewardship of what we hear will affect our future supply of the word. Take care about what you hear. The measure of care we take with the word we've been given will directly impact the measure of what we will hear in the future is what I see Jesus saying here. He might speak to us through scripture. He might speak to us through prophetic moments or prophetic words. We need to be sensitive to those. He may speak to us through dreams and visions and experiences. He may speak to us through an audible voice. How well are we stewarding what he's saying to us? Because... The measure you use will be the measure you receive and more will be added. But the measure it relates to the care. Take care about what you hear. How much care have we taken with what God has already given us? How much care have we taken with the abundance of Scripture leading us to deny ourselves, take up our crosses and follow Jesus? Are we disciples of Jesus? Are we, as Jael has already said, are we being careful to tread in Jesus' footprints after him? Or are we ashamed of his word? Do we pick and choose what we'll receive and what we'll obey? Is there a famine of hearing from God in our lives? If there is, can we see that this could be a direct result of the lack of care that we've taken with with what God has already given? Let's just sit with Holy Spirit. Let him search our hearts regarding our stewardship, of what we've already heard. You know, our Father always gives us a choice. We don't have to listen and receive and obey. But He makes it really clear that there are consequences for our decisions. Every decision we make, we get to choose either life or death. Are we making the decisions that are leading to life or to death? So what are the consequences of not listening to Jesus? What are the consequences of listening to Jesus? In Luke chapter 6 and verses 46 to 49, again, this is Jesus speaking because he's speaking to us this morning. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on bedrock. When a flood came, the river burst against that house but could not shake it because it had been well built. But the person who hears and does not put my words into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against that house, it collapsed immediately and was utterly destroyed. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I tell you? You know, Jesus, in this passage, again, makes a clear distinction between listening and hearing. He says in verse 47, Everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what he's like. Then in verse 49, he says, but the person who hears and does not put my words into practice. If Jesus is Lord, we will put into practice what he says. And we're deceiving ourselves if we think we can call Jesus Lord and not do what he tells us. If Jesus truly is Lord, we will come to him, as it says, Come to me, listen to my words, put them into practice. That's all of his words. Not just the bits we like. Not just the bits that we think will fit with the lifestyle that we want to live. All of his words. And when we do that, we're like a builder who builds on an immovable foundation. When the flood comes, you see that word when? You can be sure. The flood will come, for our building will surely be tested. So when the flood comes and the river bursts against the house we have built, the river will not be able to shake it because it has been well built. If we're listening and putting into practice, that should put a smile on our faces. Because no matter what the flood looks like, in what form it comes, whatever the river it is that might come and bash against our house, it doesn't actually matter. Because we're on an immovable foundation, the words of Jesus, the river will not be able to shake it. It doesn't say that it wouldn't be able to destroy it or wouldn't be able to damage it. Doesn't go anywhere near that. It can't even shake it. I want to be in that kind of house. I want my life to look like that because it's been well built. But you know, Jesus also presented another scenario. What happens when we hear but we don't receive Jesus' words or We don't put them into practice. Same scenario. When the flood comes, because our building will surely be tested. When the flood comes and the river bursts against the house that we have built, it collapses immediately and is utterly destroyed. So what kind of house are we building? And how's it standing up to the storms of life? Are we building on the bedrock of Jesus and his words? Or are we trying to build our house, trying to build our life without a foundation? We're going to sit with Holy Spirit. And let him search our hearts regarding How we are building our lives. You know, there's not one of us here today that could do any of this in our own strength. And our Father who loves us, he never intended us to do so. That's why he said, Abide in me and I will abide in you. You know, our Father has provided in and through Jesus' life and death and resurrection, everything that we need for the life that He's called us to. Our sin is pardoned. We've been adopted by our Father God. We've been given a brand new identity as children of God. We are partaking of a new covenant that's secured in Jesus. He calls the saints not sinners. Is that how you refer to yourself? We were sinners saved by grace. We are now saints. Sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, this is freely available to any and all who will come to him listen to Jesus' words and put them into practice. Jesus left us a wonderful place of remembrance and celebration for all he's done for us. We call it communion. Hopefully there will have been on your seat um, one of these little communions. If there's anybody that doesn't have communion, would you just let us know um, and we have some extra here Lee just down the back, back there You know, there's absolutely nothing that can separate us from God's love. And communion is that reminder. God, our Father, has done absolutely everything that was needed to bring us back into relationship with him. You know, as we've sat with the Holy Spirit today, under the words of Jesus, if if we've found ourselves coming short of what Jesus has called us to, listen carefully to Holy Spirit because there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But there is an invitation to repent, to align ourselves with what God has shown us today. That's what repentance means. Turning from my own way and choosing to line my life up with what God says. Forgiveness, restoration, healing, empowerment. They're all freely available to each one of us right now. That's what Jesus gained for us, the really the only question is will we come to him, receive and obey what it is that he's telling us so I'm going to invite us to take the emblems the bread and the cup Jesus said as he took the bread This is my body, which has already been broken for you. So as we take and eat together, it's not to remember just that he gave his body, but what did he gain for us through his broken body? Let the power of his broken body work in you today as you take the bread. Father, we thank you that you gave your one dear son, the only son of God. Father, all we can say is thank you. And Lord, we receive. Please take the bread. And he said, this this cup, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. It completely does away with the old covenant of law, of having to keep all the do's and don'ts. It's a covenant that allows us to enter into a love relationship that will change us from the inside out so that we will want to do those things that God says because he gives us a new heart and a new spirit, one that is soft, one that is open to him. You know, Jesus is enough for every need today. As we take the cup, Come and receive what you need from him. Let's take it together. You know, in closing, I will say, if you don't yet have an intimate relationship with Jesus or maybe you did it one time, call him Lord, but you've wandered away, know this. He has never left you and he's watching for you. He's seeking, he's calling you today. If you hear his voice, listen, call out to him for today is the day of salvation. He offers a whole new life of obedience to Jesus and his word. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.